program, I was like, wow. The whole moral of the story was, is how we as people affect everybody else's lives. And sometimes we don't think we make an impact at all on everybody else. But how many of you know, when you live life, you don't see it, but, uh, and, and it's how many of you know it's important to see it. It's important to see how much of an impact you really do make. And as a believer, God wants your life to make the biggest splash that ever took place for yourself and for others. You know, how many of you never grew, grew up and doing cannonballs in the swimming pool? Well, what was the purpose of getting doing the cannonball? Well, because you wanted to get either wet your cousins on the side because you wanted to get them wet, maybe an auntie or an uncle. You wanted to get them wet. Or maybe when you were a teenager, maybe you wanted to splash the girl you really liked over to the side because you were playing and you were having fun. So, you know, you want your life to have the biggest splash, but it will never have the biggest splash with you just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing not participating. And you know, God wants us this year to really participate in the things of the spirit. And part of your role in participating in the things of the spirit is just going to church, daily seeking God. Uh, We've got this reading a Bible plan that uh, Pastor Molina printed up, or we were actually post this up pretty soon on the Bible. I'm going to probably make it available here probably within the next hour or so. We, I know we don't have it up on the website, but I'm going to go ahead and, and get that up there for you because, you know, no journey is successful without it being taken. No step of towards your goals will ever bring any joy to you until you start making movement. No encounter will God will ever take place through prayerlessness, through worshiplessness. No, no peace will ever come not seeking after God. You know, when the, those who go to the Olympics, they do so with the idea and with the purpose and with the intention that, hey, I'm going to get something out of this. Right. So we provided a Bible reading plan that, that helps train your spirit to be disciplined in those things of the spirit. Because how many of you know? We constantly need renewal. We constantly need training. We, we need to stay focused on what the Spirit has for you and I because it's those things that really indeed help you and I. Amen. So, you know, we're, because, you know, you're going to make it. I don't know why I wanted to say that, but those of you sitting at home, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're, you're not done. You're not through. You're not finished. I guess that's probably because, you know, how many of you know God wants you to enter the circle of victory, but the center, but the, to enter into the circle of victory requires that you participate. That's right. Amen. And you know, there's so many people out there cheering you on. Yes. So many. Well, I don't feel like anybody's watching me. No, let's reopen our Bibles this evening to Hebrews chapter 12, because it's important. Sometimes we look on the external, like, you know, in the natural realm. Well, no one's watching me. You know, I, I, while working at Porterville Developmental Center, something my dad always said, he says, there's always somebody watching. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to take that in for a moment. Sometimes we don't think anybody's watching us. Yeah. If we go to work and we're not a good employee, people notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've worked at companies with great people and poor people and people who just didn't think they made a difference. And how many of you know, if you go into work with the attitude that you don't feel like you make a difference, how many of you know it affects everybody? Yeah. 
because everybody's going to have to pull up the slack for that one person. Says, well, why am I doing this? Don't seem like it makes a difference. Oh, it, believe me, it makes a difference. Right. You make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, it makes a difference every day uh, when you have the testimony that says, you know what? He believed and trusts God. Yeah. It's an important testimony to have. Yeah. And, how many, and this evening over here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, seeing that wherefore seeing we are, we also are compassed about with a so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, you pe- people are watching in the spirit realm yes. and they are cheering you on. Yes. They say, come on, you can do it. Yes. Come on, you're going to make it. Don't quit. Right. Come on, get in that race. Run that race. Come on, you can do it. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there are people out there rooting you and cheering you on, wanting you to get engaged with God, wanting you to be prepared for this next end time uh, revival. I mean, you're important to the body crash. You're important to your local church. Uh, you know, the the danger side is you think that you make no impact. The danger side is easy to get, to get quiet within yourself. The danger side is that, you know, um, you become disengaged, Mm -hmm. Boy, you can get, I was telling my pastor Melina, you know, I, I, I gotta be really careful uh, I have a tendency to be a homebody if I could just, I mean, local homebody. I mean, I'll go around, do my my routes. and But when it comes to going out of town, I'm like, sometimes I feel better. Like, you know, I just want to stay home. I don't want to go out of town. Mm-hmm. Go to a meeting, go out of town. I'd rather stay home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember years ago when uh, Pastor Molina, um, when we started getting involved with uh, Dufresne Ministries and the, one of the first meetings I went to, I was getting in my car. I was, I wanted to turn back. I wanted to go, I don't want to drive all that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, I'm, very frank. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here with you. I wanted to go home. I didn't want to, I didn't want, I wanted to stay in my, I want let me just watch online. I don't even think they were even doing it online at that time. I don't even remember, but I just remember, I don't want to go. I want to stay home. I just want to relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it'd be easier just to stay home. And then with COVID hitting and the temptation was, the meetings are coming again. You know, I really like being home. I really don't want to leave. I kind of want to. I enjoy being with my family. Enjoy being with my kids. I like staying home. I don't want to go anywhere. You know, speaking for myself in the natural realm, it has always been a fight to get out of get out of my comfort zone. But I'm so glad I did. I'm gonna tell you, I'm so glad I did, because getting out of my comfort zone, going out of town, going to going out of the country to go to a meeting has, those have been some of the things that have really helped me. I believe that have helped propelled me in the position that I feel that God is bringing more to us as a church, as a family. Um, And I I see the impacts on my children. I see the impact on my wife. I see the impact on my health. I've certainly seen that impact on my finances. And if someone says, you know, well, I don't believe in the, all that healing stuff. I don't, be, you know what? I'm going to tell you, dude, the proof is in the pudding. On, if man. you don't believe, you're right. You're going to get what exactly you believe or nothing. If you don't believe yeah. in anything, you're going to get exactly that nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen God healed so many times. See, God blessed me so many times. Right. And, and I, I sense in the spirit that as I'm progressing in the, and what we're here doing at the church, I sense a cloud of witnesses just cheering us on saying, hey, River Church, you can do it. Hey, hey people out there, you can make it. That's Come on. Right. And I believe God is saying that to you and I this evening. Yes, you can make it. That's but you know, you cannot run by yourself. That's true. That's true. There's no race that's ran by itself. 
because it wouldn't be a race. Yeah. There's no such a race as a, as a lone, as a lone yeah. wolf race. <laughs> now there's an individual price for you for running your race. Yeah. There is, I believe. There's, it's not like your participation race. No, it's, it's a different race. Yeah. Because the race that you're running is the one that God gave you this life. Mm -hmm. He gave you this life. He said, hey, do something with it. Yes. Do you remember the, 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 the talents that God gave everybody? I believe that is, is really speaks to you and I in such a profound way because it just does goes beyond monetary value. Yeah. It goes beyond what are you doing with your life. Yeah. Some people have a lot of talent and do something with some. I like one thing uh, one pastor used to say years ago. He says, I goes, and he was a very successful. He had a, church, he had a small church of 6,000. <laughs> you know, nationwide ministry over the, oh, he goes, I only have one gift. He says, and that's the gift of teaching. Because I'm not, I'm not anything else. I'm just a really good teacher. And guess what? He's still making impacts. He's still making headways. He's still yeah. touching his area. He's still, he's still reaching out. He's still stretching out. He's still growing. I'm not saying that the man is perfect or has he had a perfect or, or he hasn't gone through challenges, but who hasn't? Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't? Who isn't going to go through challenges? Yeah. Right. And so when people go through challenges and you're, you're wanting to throw that person on the bus, bad attitude. Because mm -hmm. when you go through a tough time, you don't want people to do the same thing to you. That's right. That's right. So keep a good, yeah. good, clean heart and say, you know what? If he can make it, I can make it. That's he made mistakes. Who cares? I'm going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Anybody can pick up dirt. Anybody can find dirt. Mm -hmm. It's true. You can find dirt anywhere. I can just run my hat underneath the pulpit. Oh, there's a little dirt, a little dust here. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to go there because I found a little dirt. Well, if you go through life doing that, right. yeah. you know, well, I'm not going to go to your house because well, I can be sure that I'm going to find dirt in your home. See, so it really can grow and mushroom if we, if we don't slow down and just get our hearts filled with compassion and be real. Be real. Be people. Say, you know what? That happens. People happen. People's kids make mistakes. Kids, 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 children make mistakes. Adults make mistakes. I made mistakes before I got saved. Thank God God's compassion was on me enough that even while I was making, uh, making, uh, making mistakes, his compassion was still enough there to just kind of lure me in. Yeah. You know, uh, there were many fishers of men to help bring me into the kingdom of God. Many, many, and I believe they're going to re receive a reward in heaven. Yeah. But most importantly, they're going to get a thank you from me Amen. for not giving up. Amen. For not giving up. Amen. For not giving up for what? You know, they could have said, hey, you know, forget that guy. He's never going to make it. And yet God sends the right people into my life. Gives me the, he gives the right people to help me succeed. He gives me the best wife, the best, the best friends, the best children, all for me to learn how to be compassionate, to be sensitive, and to be caring about what not only what I need but what others need. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. So it's important. You need to expect more. Get ready. Prepare your heart more, because God wants more for you this year. But you can't get more unless you participate. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? You can't get more unless you prepare. Yeah. You know, if you're getting into a race, you're going to prepare. Yeah, you're right. getting involved in a race, you're going to start doing the work of, the, of an athlete that's preparing for, for, a, for a journey. Yeah. If you're into a long distance running, you're preparing your body. You're preparing your mind. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to talk to some of you out there. If you're just preparing your body and not your spirit, man, you'll just end up dumb. Yeah. Because what's happening is you're just you're just you're just 
working on the physical, but you need to t- take care of the spiritual man. You need to take care of the spirit man. You need to take care of your intellect. You're a trifold being, the Bible talks about. You're our spirit, soul, and body. So you're a trifold being. And so God wants you to deal with all components of you. He wants you to deal with your flesh man. He wants to deal with your mind man. He wants you to deal with your spirit man. He wants the spirit man, however, needs to be in control. It needs to be the dominating factor of the you who that is you. Amen. So, and, and dealing with that, the, the scripture goes even further that you were comp- not only compassed with a, of, uh, a cloud of witnesses, but then he gives us a charge. He said, gives us a mandate. He says, let us lay down every weight and sin, which so easily besets us. And it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, when you are running a race, it is difficult to run a race when you're holding on to things. Write that down and say, it's difficult for me to run a race holding on to things. It's difficult for me to run a race with luggage in my hands. It's di- See, you, we've got to lay some things down. We've got to put some things down. Every weight. What are some of those weights that uh, easily so beset us? Wrong thinking. Unforgiveness. Past mistakes. I treated my husband bad. Now he's out there doing whatever he wants to do. He's living where he wants to live, doing what he wants to do. And I kind of wish I would have worked harder on my relationship. That goes both ways, by the way. As a man, you can say the same thing. I wish I would have worked harder on my relationship. I wish I could have been a better husband. I wish I could have been a better father. But the Bible says, why wait till you get to the point of disappointment when you can make the turn today? We can make the adjustment today. So laid those weights that caused that friction, that developed that pain, that developed that separation. Start addressing those things in your life that, yeah. d- that create those things. Right. Oftentimes those things are created because we're just basically selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're selfish, that means you become you centered, you minded. In other words, the finances is nothing about as uh, the finance of the home is, is solely about me. If the finances are solely about her, the, sol- the finances are solely about the kids, it's already out of order. The finances should be about God. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I told Pastor Melina, when we were talking about laying down every side of weight, everything that so easily besets us or ensnares us so that we may run a race, sometimes you're going to have to stick, start taking account. The Bible talks about, so, or talks about the know the state of your flocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one scripture that um, the Lord gave Pastor Melina. And I've just been listening and keeping that in the, in the, the back of my mind, knowing the state of your flocks. And uh, we were going through um, some money management thing. Um, and we were writing down all of our things. And we were to get what's important to us this month. What's important? What's important in, this rela- in our relationship right now at this time that needs to be addressed? Well, right now we need to deal with our finances. What, and it's amazing. You can't, as a couple, one, one person can't just bury their head and not know what's going on. You both really need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's not really healthy for the other person not to know what's going on or where money's going. I know that might make some people uncomfortable because maybe you've not managed your money in a way that they would have. Um, and a while back, the Lord dealt with me strongly. I, I think this is probably a, the, probably the di- most different way he's ever dealt with me. But... Um, <clears throat> We were buying something and typically I would say, you know, yeah, we'll buy it. And, and because her, what she needs is my assignment 
And I still take that as a, as a whatever she needs, I'm going to make sure she has. And uh, I remember she wanted something. And in the past, I would say, yeah, let's do it, knowing that it's going to put strain on other things. And, and things like you're robbing Paul to pay Peter. And think I was doing that. And so it would put stress on me. And then how many of you know when you do those things, it, it, it creates pressure in the finances that don't need to be there. It creates an attitude like you're stressed out. And so what do you do when you're stressed? You start to act out. You start to be more harsher with your words or you're like, you're just focused and you're like, because you're under pressure. And the other person's like, <laughs> life is good. I just got my, I just got this brand new toy. Yeah. I, they have no stress because they don't know what you went, you did in order to accommodate that, right? And so as, as a person, um, I remember seeing something, I go, you know what? It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. No, we can't do it. We're going to do it. No, right now it's, we can't do it, but we are going to do it. Yeah. It will get accomplished. We will do this. And, uh, and it was great because you, knowing, know when, knowing when to say no and when the timing is, is just as much as important and someone who's running the race to say, this is a time I'm spending with the Lord. Yeah. I'm not getting distracted with this. This is the time that I'm, as a man and a couple, you know, we're, we're, we're going to abstain for being together physically. This is a time of prayer and fasting. Um, or, or this is a time where um, we are not going to go on this trip because the Lord is dealing with us as a couple to stay together and stay close. And we need to, you know, so God, whatever that is, God's going to deal with you. And so you need to have a sensitive enough spirit to know when to say, what to say yes to, what to say no to, because you are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses cheering your race on. They're che- when you're, it's amazing. When you're watching a football game, you look at the details. You know, when the team's making good decisions, you know, when they're not making good decisions, um, particularly if you've been watching, they say if you, you do anything for two or three years, you're going to be an expert at it. Even if you've never done it, you're going to understand some basic fundamental things of certain things. Um, and so, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, some things that are healthy, you know, some things that are on are, that are not healthy. So the danger is, you know, they're not right. You know, you're doing the wrong thing, but you're still running the red lights. You're still doing what you don't, what you shouldn't do. And so it's important as a couple that you know, the state of your flocks, be accountable to one another, speak to one another, be intimate with one another, love one another, be sensitive to one another, um, because those are things that are important. They're important to you. They're important to, to us because um, these are the things that can ease. These are the weights that can easily be set to us. They can take us out of a race. They can slow us down in our progress. My marriage could have been better a long time ago had I done these things sooner. And uh, how many, how many of us ever done that delayed something that had we just done it sooner, it would have been better. And you can take, I know that I don't have to give you an examples of that right now. There's some of you right now sitting there. You can think of plenty of examples in your life. Um, had you done this, this way, it would have saved you time. Mm -hmm. Cutting corners doesn't in the meantime may seem like you're saving time, but in the end, doesn't really mesh well when it comes to building a relationship. Doesn't really mesh well when it comes to putting work together. Doesn't really do well if you're trying to build a relationship where there's sincerity, where there's um, sweetness between one another. When you're cutting corners in a relationship because you don't want to deal with things isn't necessarily making your life or relationship better. Cutting corners never works. I'm sure if you took your vehicle to get fixed and they cut corners, 
and you spend a certain amount of money knowing, thinking that this work was going to get, but they cut corners. They didn't necessarily, you would be very frustrated. You would be very upset. You would feel as if though, um, you've been alienated, you've been cheated, you've been, you've been deceived. And, uh, when we allow to cut, when we allow our life to cut corners, we're allowing deception. We're allowing confusion. We're allowing every evil work to enter in. We have literally have given the devil a foothold into our life, a foothold. The Bible strictly talks to you and I about giving no place to the devil. And you and I should not be giving place to the devil. And the way we do that is by picking up weights. Picking up weights, things that don't belong on us, instead of putting it down. Uh, I remember years ago, when the kids were small, they'd just crawl on the floor, and they would pick up things and put things in their mouth. You're like, ooh, don't touch that. Don't put that in your mouth. It's dirty. Why? Because they don't know. That's a baby. He doesn't know. There's a lot of Christians and a lot of believers out there who put things in their mouth that don't belong in there. They, they put, and they, they pick up these weights of unbelief. They put it in their mouth. Unbelief didn't belong in their mouth. Wrong ways of, wrong way of thinking. They picked it up, put it on the inside of them. They didn't deal with it. They're, they're saying things they've never thought they would say. They're doing things they never thought they would, 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 ever, would ever do. They approve of things they never would think they would even approve of. Things that clearly violate the Bible. Things that clearly violate scriptures. Now they're saying, well, you know, maybe I'm just not being open. Maybe I'm being too closed-minded. Look, brothers and sisters, these are weights designed by the enemy to waylay you, to slow you down in your progress of faith. They're there to, to really pollute you and I yeah. and to keep you and I unclean yeah. and unsound in our thinking. Yeah, that's right. And cleanness and soundness is one of the things that the Lord is really wanting this year for a lot of believers to uh, really partake of is soundness of mind. Yes. Peace, peace of God that passes all understanding needs to be a product of the believer. Amen. Because without, without those things, fundamentally, you and I are, are, are doomed to failure. Mm-hmm. Because you can't enter a rest. You cannot enter into a race without being prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, if, if a team doesn't show up, you know, um, this used to be one of my biggest things I used to see years ago. There was a, one of my, I used to have a favorite team that, my goodness, they would do great one week against one of the toughest teams in, in the nation, and they would beat that team. I mean, they would show up. You could guarantee it. And there was like a, a big streak of time for like five or six years. They'd win those big games, but the following week, they'd play some pipsqueak. Play some pipsqueak team and lose. And then whatever, whatever, whatever progress that they made was 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 defined well they just got lucky that time oh well you know you can't really take that program seriously see your success on one shot isn't a one success should not be a one victory moment in your life your life needs to deal with the pipsqueak things in your life you know what i'm saying the things that take you out you know is your drinking taking you out is your smoking taking you out Mm -hmm. is your your lustful eye taking you out is your unclean approach to life taking you out is, is your perspective removing the possibilities of financial blessing in your life to be removed? Yeah. So you have, to, you have to assess those things. You have yeah. to look at those things. You have to question yourself on those things. Is my life matching up with the, what the scripture is saying? Mm-hmm. 
Am I putting, am I putting up with too much? Am I allowing the world to have too much of its final say or its influences in my way of thinking and saying? If it is, then, uh, then I'm not doing it right. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying now? Those yeah. of you sitting out there, if you're, if, if you're allowing the world to have its subtleties and its influences in your life, you are not in victory. It's important that you know that. Yes. It's important. It's important that you know the truth. It's important that that you and I uh, are in keeping with the truth. Let's open our Bibles this evening. To, uh, we're going to open our scripture next to Proverbs chapter four. You know, we discussed this, uh, the scripture a little bit, but I kind of felt a need to review this because you know how many you know faith doesn't come by one sitting. Understanding doesn't come by one sitting. Uh, many times I've preached a word or I've preached a sermon and it came out completely different. Sometimes better and sometimes even better, but in both cases because there were there was there was answers in that way of saying it in the spirit. There was answers in this way and in the spirit. So we're going to go back and say, well, this is a I, we've we've talked about the scripture before. Yeah, but you know faith doesn't come by one sitting. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And over here in Proverbs chapter four verse. 22. I'm going to start on verse 18 because it kind of just, it really matches the, the idea of we're on a race, yes. right? You and I, we're on a race. We're in a spiritual race. Yes. So it's going to talk about the path, but you realize there's a race and there's a path of that on that race. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when you're in a race, it's with the intention of getting to the finish line, yeah. Yeah. getting to the place where if, if the race is to New York and I go to Florida, uh -huh. I miss my mark. <laughs> You're like, why are you even here? The finish line is over there, yeah. right? So there is a path for you and I. That's right. There's a path in godliness, amen? Right. amen. And he says over here in, in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, he says, but the path of the just is, is the shining light amen. that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Amen. In other words, if things are getting gloomy and things are getting dark, maybe you're not on the right path. Do you hear what I said? If, if there's always a gloomy outside, if the world appears getting darker for you, you know, there's a portion of scripture in the New Testament that talks about if there's wickedness in your heart, there's, don't just think there's a little bit of wickedness in your heart. There's a greater darkness in the inside of you. When it comes to looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, you're drinking, there's a greater darkness. Don't be deluded with thinking, well, I just do a little bit of drinking. I just do a little bit of pornography here. I just do a little casual sex now and then. I just, um, I just cheat people now and then. I, I give little white lies. If there's a little bit of darkness, the scripture says, how great is that darkness? Yeah. And we've got to rethink about the way we think. Mm -hmm. we've, got to we've got to get out of our comfort zone and saying, if, if, if I'm not, if there's a, if, if what I think is in darkness, then greater is that darkness. Because then I become deceived. Mm -hmm. I become unaware that I'm actually in full darkness and, 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 and I'm not capable to really get my faculties straight enough to re recognize in the faculties in the sense in the spirit realm, yeah. not in the sensual mind realm, right. but in the spirit realm that I'm in and really in more darkness than I realize. Yeah. And sometimes that creates an angst between your spirit and your mental and your physical man mm -hmm. because he's like, the Bible says the spirit man it lusteth after God. I mean, it desires deep intimacy with God. It, 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 it fights against the flesh. It, it just doesn't, it wants to go for the, it wants to go all out for God. That's why you see people when they go to church, when they first get to church, like, yes, I'm going to go out for God. I'm just doing this. Yeah. And then, then the next day, you're like, well, you know, I know I said that, but maybe 
I just got too excited. No, that was because your spirit man rose up that day. It finally got a drink of that nutritious milk of the gospel and said, oh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And so it starts getting a little taste. It says, I want more of that. Come on, let's do it. We can do it. Man, he gets pumped. He gets jacked because it's now in a corporate anointing. And it sees it can do all things to Christ. It gives it strength. And so now you just got to keep feeding it. Keep feeding that fire. Keep feeding the fire of faith. Keep feeding the fire of victory. Amen. Amen. And it says the way of the wicked is as darkness. Oh, come on. We just talked about this. It's darkness. They know. And here says, oh, 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 oh. And they know not at what they stumble. Oh, when you're living in darkness with just a little bit, you don't know how really dark it is. And they don't even know why they're stumbling. They don't know why their relationships are falling apart. They don't know why they're constantly in debt. They don't know why the problems just keep happening. They don't. Oh, it's just the devil. Brothers and sisters, it's not the devil. Boy, I know I'm uh, pushing some people's cows over right now. It's not the devil. When you live in darkness, you start to stumble. When you live in darkness, it gets harder. If you don't believe me, turn on the lights in your house right now. Try to make an omelet in darkness. Try to do things where there's no light. It gets harder. When you're in light, you can take these things for granted. So it's important as a believer that you stay in the light. Stay in the light. Stay in the light of his word. Now, mind you, if you start doing things that are contrary to the word. Now, if some of you say, well, I don't know what's really contrary to the word. Well, we'll get into that. You can read Romans chapter 1. It talks about what's contrary to the spirit. Things that are contrary to God. Things that are, and things that are important to God. Your body being given to God is important to God. You living, you, the, what you approve of and what you don't disapprove of is a, is, is, is a consequence to God. We, we will get in that. Don't worry. We'll get in that. Well, can you say, yeah, we'll show you those in that scripture. And over here in um, Proverbs chapter five, it says, my son, attend to my words, incline thy ears unto my sayings. Come on. This is the path to victory right here. Those who attend to words and incline their ears to his saying, not just hearing them, but doing them right. And then he says, let them depart from not, let not them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life, life. That's what you need. You are, you need life. Those that, that find them and it brings health to all their flesh. Come on. Verse 20 says, keep, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Put away thee from a forward mouth and the perverse lips from thee far away. Come on, I feel like there's some folks there that just need to start putting away some of the things that they say away. Just because you're driving in the car and you let out an F-bomb and think that nobody hears it doesn't mean God didn't hear it. Doesn't mean God didn't hear it. He heard it. You were surrounded by a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. And I'm sure the cloud of witnesses, <laughs> I believe the censors are having a Beep, beep. What did he just say? I don't know. It just, it just hears a honk and a beep, beep. They're like, oh, what's, he's having a bad day in, the, in that race. Maybe he's not, maybe he's, he's his race, maybe he's losing his victory today. Maybe all those things do push you back, push you further back from victory, keep you from walking in the fullness of God when you allow your things to come out of your mouth that don't belong there. But he says, let their eyes look straight on and let their eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of your feet. Look at where you're going with your life. 
Let all your ways be established. Look where you're going with your life. Let your ways, let whatever it is you're doing be established. In other words, I'm doing things right. It's established in me that I'm doing the word. It's established in me that uh, I'm going to live a holy life. It's established to me that I'm not going into places that I'm not going to get in, in communication with people that I don't have to have communication with. I'm not going to have relationships. I'm not going to be in, I'm not going to go in business with people who, who would do things that are unethical. Come on. Cause you're a believer. You're not going to try to make a quick buck off of a fellow believer because you, you know, you just need to make your money, but you're taking advantage of somebody and you've got a cloud of witnesses watching you testifying. Oh boy, he's cheating in this race. I don't, I don't think that really, you know, the Bible talks about getting disqualified in your race and cheating and cheating other people lying to other people to get advancement is not what is considered holy. Or pleasing to God. Right. It's not pleasing. It says, turn not your right hand nor to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Say, remove, remove. your foot, foot from, evil. from evil. Boy, I tell you that, that, that you know, well, yeah. you want to run your race. Part of running your race is well, number one, remove your foot from evil. Yeah. You want to run a good race, remove your foot from evil. You don't want to ever enter into a race where evil is involved. No, that's not to say that you're going to have things that are trying to come in and, and, and um, get you off your race, get you off your path. But learn to get around those things. Every good race, in some cases, particularly if you do a, I forgot what those um, triathlons, they have the, you know, they have the steeple run, they run through the water, you hit over the certain things. There's, there's obstacles in those paths. Yeah. Um, but the part of that race is designed to see how well you can get over through things that are difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. How well can you get over things that are difficult and challenging in your life will, will really reflect of how well you've put that word in, in you. Right. Do you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. So it's so important as a believer that you learn to, um, deal with those things that would, that you would have put in your heart that really do not be- belong there. Amen. Amen. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to skip. I was going to go to uh, John chapter eight, but I kind of really don't feel it necessary to go in that direction. We could go in that direction, maybe on a different day, but kind of sensing to go to Romans chapter one. Amen. Amen. Over here, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation that everyone that believeth to the first, the Jews, the Greeks, and that's uh, Romans chapter one, verse 16. And in verse 17 of Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one, verse 17, it says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. How are you as a believer to be successful in your walk is by your engagement to what the outcome of that race is going to be. In other words, you believe that there's an outcome. Faith believes there's an outcome. Faith believes there's an outcome to holiness. Faith believes there's an outcome to right living. Faith believes that the moral constructs of my life are important. So it builds good moral constructs on the inside of its life. The the, the, the heart of faith believes that as I speak and I declare, as I say into this mountain, be thou removed, that I am building up things on me so that I have the boldness to say into this mountain, be thou removed, be cast to sea, not doubting in my heart and watching it being pulled in the seat because I doubted nothing and I believed. Amen. So there is an outcome to that 
faith walk. There's an outcome. There's a construct. There's a, there's a foundation to faith that helps you in your run and your walk. Because when you're running the faith race, you as a believer understand that there is a reward. There's a reward. Abraham believed yeah. God and it was counted unto him righteousness. Yeah. It was counted unto his righteousness. The Bible said that he, he did not waver. Yeah. Now, if you look at his life, you saw a lot of wavering at some point. But at some point, when you get to the point where you don't waver, your testimony is you did not waver yes. because you won your race. Yeah. You came to the end of it. Yeah. Sure, there may have been some a little bit of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then you make it. You're like, well, I didn't know I was going to make it. And then you made it. You're like, whoa, I did it. Yeah. Sort of like graduating from college. Yeah, that's right. Oh, this is never going to. Well, I'll tell you, there were some times when I was sit there and study, man, I, I looked at how many units I had to do. I just felt like I was never, ever going to finish. And I'm going to tell you something. There was a reward to finishing. But more importantly than the reward to finishing, there was a, there was a blessing to finishing. When you start something, there's a blessing to finishing something. Now, I'm not talking about things that are not godly because people may get ungodly relationships. Well, I'm going to stick this out and finish it. No, you've got to know what's important to hold on to. You've got to know what's important to let go of. Because it's not going to help you run your race. It's, there's no reward in it. it does, your, that relationship does not please God. It doesn't. And sometimes you just need to take, take stock of those relationships. Amen? Amen. And over here, again, going back to um, Romans. This is what I find very interesting. Verse 18 says, once he talks about the just shall live by faith, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Do you know you can hold the truth in an unrighteous way? That, that because you, you refuse to recognize it, you refuse to, yeah, I hear that. I mean, that's true for some people. Boy, that's, that's holding the truth in unrighteousness. The Bible says not to do something and you defend something that the Bible says not to do. That's holding the truth in unrighteousness because you know the Bible says that as a believer. Not that I said it was, I never said it was, God said it was that way. See, people get upset. Well, you're just saying that. That's your opinion. No, I'm telling you what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. That's right. Amen. Because, amen? Amen. Because verse 19, because that which would be made known of God is manifested in them. Because, no, see, God manifested it to them, right? For God has showed it to, unto them. God showed you some things in the past that were right and wrong. He showed it to you. And then in verse 20, it says, For the visible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even the eternal power in the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, you are without excuse. Once you know what's right and wrong, you are without excuse. There's things in life that are closed to debate. Stealing is wrong. It's closed to debate. Stealing is never right. Well, what if someone's hungry? It's still not right. You believe and trust God to bring you the food. Right? Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Boy, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. When you take a loose respect to the things of God, they didn't glorify him. You know what? When you don't glorify God, you know what you're doing? You're dishonoring him. You honor God with your life. You honor him. You glorify him with your life. 
In other words, whatever I do, I want to glorify him. I want those who are around me to glorify him. Remember when Jesus healed a man, they said, all glorified God. When the man was healed with a withered hand, they never seen anything like this before. And they all glorified God. And, and it put to quiet the evil voices. It put the ones who would justify, oh, that's not right on a Sabbath day. That's not right. It wasn't done according to our religious dogmas. But it put, why? Because everyone glorified God, right? It brought glory to God. So it's important that you and I learn to honor God, keep our honor and glorify him. Amen. Amen. But you don't want to be the ones that glorified him not, right? Neither were they thankful, but, but became vain in their imaginations. Notice two things that take place when you become unthankful. You are no longer honoring. You don't honor the things that the God has sent in your life to protect you. You don't honor it. You're not thankful that he sent you. He threw a word of encouragement, a word of correction to your life, a word that was finally, and, and you said, uh, and you say things like, well, I don't believe any of it. Particularly when it's the word and it was given straight to you. That is, that is not glorifying the word of God. That's being very dismissive and very disrespectful to God. It's not honoring. It's, what you've done is you slammed the door in God's face. Well, wasn't God, God's going to help me anyways. How can I, how can, if Brenda comes over to my house and wants to bring me food and I slam the door in her face, I say, I don't want nothing that you have. I don't want to hear anything you have. And they say, but leave the door, leave the food by the door. You'd be like, that's just so weird. That just, that doesn't make sense. Right. But you as a believer, we should not ever have that attitude. We should like, you know, what? come on in. What do you have to say? You know, let, let's talk about this. What's going on? Let's let's, you know, you know, it's, it's amazing when you have a relationship with one another. It's the, the joy that comes about in those relationships. It's amazing. Where was what verse was I on? 21, because they, when they go, OK, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We're on 22 now. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to the corruptible man. You've got to be careful how you make your life out to be. To where you, your way of thinking, you create a, you've literally created an idol of thinking that your way you think is right. Well, I think God is like this, or I think this, or I think that. You've got to be careful with your theories. Now, it's fun to talk about theories like, okay, yeah, but, but here's, the, here's the problem with that. It never produces life. It produces confusion. It produces uncertainty. I've seen this happen over years. You know, at, front, at first it's fun because you're talking about your theories, your, what you think. But that's, I think, how the devil lures you in. He lures you in with these little conversations that are ungodly and they do not produce righteousness and all they do is they take you off the path and here you are you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and you should be running your race and right now you're just taking a break at the water well you've been there for three or four days you're not making progress you're now you're eating crackers what i'm on a race i i, I see no this is not a time to break this is a time to run your race right and sometimes we approach our life that way like you know this is a time I'm going to slack off and do what I want to do. But when you run your race, how many of you know it's going to require you spending? I would suggest reading the rest of Romans because then you can really see more or less of what's, what belongs in your race and what doesn't belong in your race. 
Too many believers are letting things end their race. People are approving people that they shouldn't be approving online or saying they like certain things they shouldn't really be liking. Proving, proving ungodly behavior because they look cute. Careful with that. We got to really be careful. There's, you know, I have, a, I, I as a pastor and as a person just have a love for people anyways, regardless of their backgrounds or what they do. But I'm really careful. Um, I mean, I love people that aren't living right. I mean, they are part of my family. I love them. Uh, not in my immediate family, but in my extended part of my family. I love them. They're not doing things right. I love them, but I would never say that I approve of what they're doing. If I saw them partying, drinking, I would not hit like on their and their and their and their feed. Yeah. Oh, looks like you guys are having fun. I just miss you all. Keep scrolling. I'm not going to do it. I love you. I may send you an Instagram mess or not mess Instagram, some sort of message some other way. Say, hey, just I hope you guys are doing well. Love you guys. Just really thinking about you. But I would never sit there and sit hit like or oh, this is good. This is mm. no. Because it affects not only me, but it affects those around me because it'll send confusion to those around me about what's right and what's wrong and what I approve of. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I would never hit like on someone who's doing that on their own on their own feed because I don't want people to think I do those things or participate in those things. Or I approve. But we because we're in a race. You and I are on a race. And in 2021, um, part of the word is stronger churches this year. And I'm telling you what, we are going to be a stronger church. You're going to be a stronger person. You're going to be the person that you want to be. You're going to run the race the way you want to race with success, doing your best, being all that God has created you and I to be creating, doing, becoming. Amen. Hey, I just want to encourage you. Those of you sitting at home that, you know, don't be a spectator anymore. Start coming to church, start going to church, start being the person of God that God calls you to be. Uh, start being a participator, start doing what God has called you to do. And, um, well, I, I'm not that good at being, you know, being a Christian or being anything. Well, the more you practice at something, the more you'll be proficient at it. And the more you get proficient, the more you'll, you'll feel hopeful that, hey, you know what? God has indeed given me a past, a, a present and a future to live. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father. He's giving you a present to live present and a future to live and i'm telling you, he's going to do good things in your life this year amen amen well church i just want to just encourage you i love you we love you hey and we will see you sunday this sunday at church amen amen, amen. god bless